Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Art House Rewind. My name's Brian. I'm Jake. I'm Arliss. And we are here to talk all things film, art, and culture happening here in Billings, Montana. Uh, and we've got a special guest today, so we're very excited to talk to them. But first, I'm going to give a rundown of what is happening this week at the Babcock Theater while Art House Cinema is still under construction, of course. Um, but phase two, coming soon. Keep your eyes open for announcements as they come down in the next... Hopefully a few weeks we'll be able to make any sort of announcement. But uh, yeah, so at Babcock on Friday and Saturday, we have ARC coming in to do their show Resilience, which should be a collection of different dance styles and that that should be a lot of fun. It's great to see live uh, take place, some live dance. So come to that. It's a lot of fun and ARC is a great company. Then on Sunday, kind of keeping with that dance theme we have the red shoes which turns 75 this year and that is going to be our art house essential so a great one to catch on the big screen from uh powell and pressburger and of course if you are art house members that is a free screening for you regular price if you are a non-member then on wednesday on tuesday we've got that uh dark money showing that's right it is being put on by montana free press so kind of forgot about that one yes montana free press is going to have uh dark money playing on tuesday uh free admission to that as well and um they're kind of featured in that film as well so um come check that one out free screening tuesday the 25th then on Wednesday the 26th for Nostalgia Night, we have Enter the Dragon. Uh, this is the 50th anniversary of Enter the Dragon. It's also the 50th anniversary of Bruce Lee's death. So kind of a reason to come check it out and remember one of the great martial artists and uh, one of his best remembered films. And then finally, on Thursday the 27th, we are opening a new film. It's the new film from Ari Aster, uh, who made Hereditary and Midsommar. This is his latest sort of epic film with Joaquin Phoenix, Bo is Afraid. Uh, I've been seeing some good reviews come out of some early screenings out of that, so it should be a lot of fun, but it is a longer film as well, but uh, we're rewarding it should be, so... Uh, the review I read that said that if you're over the last set of nightmares he gave you, it's time for this new nightmare. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Which I was like, oh, I didn't need to hear that part. <laughs> Midsommar freaked me out, man. Yeah, so lots of great things happening. So um, that's what's coming up. Uh, so yeah, um, speaking of our guest, Jake, who did we bring in today to speak with us? Yeah, and her second time on the podcast, I believe, it is Miss Kate Blakesley. Hello. And she is with ARC, and again, they are an awesome group. I'll let her explain a little bit more about what they do here in Billings, Montana. Sure. Thanks for having me, all. Uh, I'm a part of ARC, a Montana dance collective, which is a local group of all female at this point, not on purpose. We're open to male dancers too, but um, adult... You can still get in there, Jake. I thought about it. Not too late. (laughs) Adult um, people who are professionals in our community who have formal dance training as kids, and we are now all grown-ups and still have this desire to dance and perform and create art, um, choreograph together. And so we call ourselves a collective. We're just a big 
amalgamation of many styles and people from all over the country world at this point and um, perform a couple times a year here in town. We're all professionals in the city doing other things, you know, business ownership, having families, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, April 21st and 22nd, this Friday and Saturday night at the Babcock, we'll be um, having our spring show. It should be around an hour performance. It's a split bill of two choreographers. Um, the first half will be one point of view from one choreographer and the second half another from a second. And they're both women who are part of ARC dancers within the community, professionally trained folks who've danced professionally and um, are flexing their choreographic muscles, creating you know 30 minute length works, which is a it's lot a of lot. brain yeah. energy to create that and yeah. put you know nine bodies in the right places at the right time for 30 minutes is a lot. Right. So they're incredible. We're really happy to show it. Um, you can get tickets at the door, at the Babcock. You can also get them at arthousebillings.com slash arc. Yeah. yeah, and we'll have doors open for that show on Friday and Saturday. Doors are at 6.30, and we're planning to start at 7.30 for both of those nights. So go get your downtown dinner and come check out a beautiful art piece. I think it's going to be awesome. Again, Brian already mentioned it, but having stuff live on the stage is a lot of fun because there's like showing a movie there is great, but I think there's things too. It's like, look at what we can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, paints a picture of the future of the Babcock for right. sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, we brought Kate in today. Not only is she a part of ARC, which is going to be part of this weekend showing at the Babcock, but we thought it would be great to have her as part of our conversation about some of our favorite dance movies. That's right. It combines the dance world with the movie world that we normally do. So, yeah. My favorite things combined. Our yeah. favorite things combined with their Captain Planet. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's one of those, like, we all have, um, like, technical st- skills, technical knowledge that, you know, when you watch a movie that's portraying maybe some of those skills, and you're like, that's not, that's not that. That's not right. Like, that person's totally off. So it'll be interesting to see if you have any of those where you're, like, yeah, the choreography for this is terrible. Sure, kind of yeah, thing. it's like Grey's Anatomy. Right, exactly, really right? Like yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we can go ahead and start the conversation with uh, where our kind of definition lines were. And so we had kind of talked as a staff and as a group about, you know, there are musicals that have dancing in them but aren't necessarily dance movies. And there are other musicals that it's like, oh, absolutely, dance is right in the forefront. So we were talking, you know, think, something like Wizard of Oz has a choreographer, not necessarily a dance movie. Yeah. Something like Singing in the Rain, like absolutely is a dance movie. So we'll take the conversation from there. And Brian, do you want to do favorites? Is that what we want to do? Yeah, I think we'll do some favorites and, uh, yeah, have a little conversation about them. So are you asking me to start? You can start. Yeah, <laughs> okay. go for it. What's your favorite? Um, well, mine is definitely kind of on that line of, is this a dance movie or not? I It was something I grew up with, so I think of it as like a dance movie, but it is one of those weird, Brian, you pulled this thing out of your ass <laughs> to yeah. talk about. Are you about to say the full Monty? No. Okay. No. <laughs> That's about um, dance. It's actually, <laughs> it's Michael Jackson Moonwalker. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, which people that, um, you know, is kind of like this weird, weird movie in that it's half sort of a documentary on Michael Jackson. And then it kind of has this second half that's this weird, like, kids adventure movie sort of thing. But there's also, like, 
mixed in there some music videos type things. So um, there was a recreation of the bad music video, but it was with kids instead of Michael Jackson. And then that um, probably the the thing that I'm thinking the most of is the Smooth Criminal uh, video, yeah. which had the locking shoes where they did the lean sort of thing. And That's so yeah, iconic. Um, I love that. That that whole smooth criminal thing is what I always go back to as like one of those great dances that I just love watching over and over again. So it again a weird choice for me, but that's what Brian does. <laughs> I like it. It kind of brings in what I think about as like a third option too, when we talk about dance films. Yeah. In addition to musicals or movies about dance or like actual dance films exist that are mm. films that are like. Dances created to be on screen, not to be seen from a stage yeah. where there isn't always dialogue, which is right. not necessarily the case of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're telling a story through dance that's made to be seen from a camera lens. Yeah. Right. And this is like kind of deep indie dive, but dance film. And it's becoming more popular, I think, now as people have accessibility to like make movies themselves yeah. more yeah. easily now. But, you know, like... Um, Missoula has a really cool dance film film festival. Um, just that idea that you can create an entire film, entire story of dance is a part about as a dancer that I love that we can story tell without having to have conversation. So that kind of ties in, I don't know, that third yeah. element yeah. of it. Yeah, absolutely. In putting it all together. Yeah. Cool. So I did good. I did, did a good awesome. job. You did awesome. <laughs> the poster kind of looks like a Star Trek poster. <laughs> yes, it does. It has Trek vibes. You put it on your list. You before watch Captain it. EO or after Captain EO? Um, this would have been, I think, sh- right before or right after. It was kind of right in that same time yeah. period. No. Same costumes. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know how young I am, I just now heard about this movie. So Yeah. I used to, my babysitter had a copy of it, so we'd watch it there. Guys, art house is on construction, as you can tell. So, <laughs> our list. You want to go ahead with your? I won't. Suspiria 2018. Because <laughs> I won't. I keep bringing this movie up, but this is one of those times where, like, yes, this movie has dance elements in it. The original movie does. There is like a dancing. Yeah, scene it's still a dance it. school that they're attending. Yeah, and so. then, but what I liked about what this remake did is that they incorporated the spells with their dance, and yeah. there's a pretty like brutal scene where she's using mm-hmm. using dancing to like kill somebody in another room, which. Was I haven't seen it in a movie before, so that's why that's kind of up there for me. But yeah, do you think if Arliss was part of that baseball corner, he would have said Suspiria is a baseball movie? Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. But uh, I would have been like, "There's a bat in the background," and right, this scene. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the more su- surprising things of the Suspiria remake was how much it focused on dance compared to the original. Yeah, and it's um, modern dancing that they (laughs) use in that. For me, I think one of my top movies, uh, like, you know, I think we're all have our movies that are our favorites, but one of the ones to me that kind of comes to the top all the time is Singing in the Rain. Like, it truly is one of my favorite movies. So um, I read through to, like, they did horrible things to her for the choreography. Like Gene Kelly, she had never danced before ever. And like the, you know, they found her under Fred Astaire's piano, like three studios over, like crying and hiding because of the things Wishing he was doing. Was to, yeah. Not cast. Yes. 
Um, and so um, I think that as I get older, there are some of those dancing scenes that become more and more impressive as I watch them. Yeah, um, that's true. No. Like Gene Kelly, Fred Astaire is another good example of that. But like those big dance scenes, let's see, Fred Astaire does it in The Royal Wedding, which I think was made in the 50s. I don't know. Maybe one of I don't know off the top of my head. Where he dances in a hotel room and the room And the room spins. Turns, so yes. it's like he dances on the walls and the ceiling. Yes. The camera stays at the same axis as the room. Like the physicality involved in that is yeah. really impressive. Like as a human who knows nothing about dance, you can appreciate that. And then you watch it as a dancer and you're like, wow, how many takes did it take? Right. What kind of shape was his feet in when they were done? Like that physicality and... Um, his choreographic creativity to use like stuff within the room too, mm-hmm. and like interface with the furniture in the way that he does. Right, all of that is so impressive. Yeah, those genre of or maybe era of dance films, yes. 50s, 60s, is just like insane, impressive feats of human. That's right. not. CGI or, you know, whatever right. techniques we yeah. talk about. And there's not a bunch of cuts, right? Like right. that's the other pieces. Like you said, they're kind of maybe doing this in a single shot, yeah. like a single take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the actor actually doing the dancing too, that it's not a body a double. double. Yeah. Like in all the, um, like pop culture dance movies in the year 2000. Yeah. That were, you know, made like all the step up movies. I thought yeah. you were going to pick step actors. up. <laughs> well, there's yeah. four. You have to, they're iconic. I told dance. Arliss it didn't get good till three. <laughs> I don't know. I think two might be the best in my opinion, but like, um, it has the best title. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll, I'll those, I don't think the actors are like the actual dancers in a lot of cases in those films, right? So, yeah. like, the impressiveness of they are the triple threat actor, singer, dancer combos right. in those yeah. early films. Like, I mean, Danny Kay, Bing Crosby, they're all good examples of it, also. So, yeah. Cool. What about you, KB? What would you say? What's up there for you? And you don't have to pick a really, necessarily favorite, but what, what is it today? I really can't pick. I picked by decade. Yeah. I was collecting my thoughts. Ooh. But I'm also the kind of girl that like has a different favorite every day, right. depending on Mood the weather and, or yeah. what I'm wearing or what I have for lunch, I guess. So I don't know. Um, um, fame has always been okay. top. Sure. That's, that's the 80s decade takeaway, but also that's always kind of been a favorite yeah that beat out dirty dancing um yeah i think it does (laughs) i think it does i think it's something about like i don't know new york city and the like yeah i feel like dance films are always trying to tell this tale of like the gritty underworld of dance schools and dance like how cutthroat Mm -hmm. and they're not wrong like that field of art is insanely competitive and only very few people succeed in it and I feel like they try to like glamorize it all and like make it so wonderful. They're dancing in the street in New York City and it's all fun. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really like actually quite cutthroat and competitive and I don't know. I think dance scenes I mean, or dance movies as a whole kind of tend towards that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I mean, you're using your whole body to, in order to express yourself. Right. So like how is it not hard to yes. do? Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, and not not a lot of people are like positioned early in life to learn the technique of it. Like you know, all these things that kind of contribute to yielding this great adult dancer. Not everyone's privileged to that. And so it's just such a like cutthroat experience. Yeah. Like a cut for professionals. Of age and, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. For professionals. Yeah. Missy Copeland's 40 this year and she's like washed up and old now. So, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> she's a prima dancer and she's now old. So yeah. it's, 
just such a cutthroat world. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, fame is always like top love for yeah. me. And then like I get super nostalgic about all the ones made in the early 2000s, like Save the Last Dance and Center Stage, but I was in yeah. high school in that right. period of yeah. time. So it's very nostalgic for me. Yeah. Um, those are all the ones like Grey's Anatomy that you're like, that's not really what it's like. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it's so romanticized right. or like more dramatic and it's fun that way. I don't know. So those cool. ones are always fun. Um, right. Because I love Baz Luhrmann's Strictly Ballroom will always be a top pick uh, for me. That's one of those that uh, I've heard of and never seen. Yeah, I mean, so. if you're a Baz Luhrmann fan, you'll mm-hmm. like it because it's his yeah. s- same style of fast cuts and like erratic camera shots. I don't know all the technical <laughs> terms of it, but crazy costuming and that kind of thing. So so I don't need to add any Baz Luhrmann movies to my list anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You'd love it. You'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because Moulin Rouge is on my list, but I'm not sold after Great Gatsby and Elvis. So, <laughs> I would, I, well, I think his pre Great Gatsby's are better than his post Great oh, Gatsby's. I agree. I think Romeo and okay. Juliet is his best. Because yeah. I think Strictly Ballroom is close. Two, two movies that give me a very strong opinion about yeah. his movies. So that's true. That's true. Any other honorable mentions, KB, that you need to throw out there? Um, Francis Ha, because. Okay. Oh, yeah. is such a great. That's what, yeah. yeah. Is that your top, one of your he, top picks? He too? needs to watch it again. No, you need to watch he, it again. It was <laughs> a bottom pick. Okay. Well, you know, it's Greta Gerwig. Yeah. It's a great movie. Who made that? Noah. Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but I like it. Arliss yeah. does not like it. I think it's because I was not in that right age range. Yeah. That, Oh yeah, that's that's his it. divide between millennials and Gen Z. Is nope, Francis Hodge. <laughs> that's yeah. millennial no, BS. Like she has money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. She does. I'm trying to remember what year that was made. I don't remember. 2013. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, my other honorable pick would be. A fun one to watch. I've only seen it once, but it was just a blast to watch. And it was one when you talked about, uh, or you talked about uh, Royal Wedding, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of The Spinning Room. Uh, break into Electric Boogaloo. They do that same oh, really? spinning room thing, and it's great. It's, it is campy. Of course, but it is a fun movie to watch. Just some dancing happening. And it's how did they we need to save the rec center, like the whole like (laughs) you know, that sort of thing. But it is it's a blast to watch and I highly recommend checking that one out. And then the the spinning room thing with that was so electric or uh, breaking two came out about nine months after breaking one. It was a quick like quick and dirty production that they put on and um, they wanted to do this spinning room thing but how do you do that on a budget well you happen to be shooting next door to where they're making Nightmare on Elm Street the first one where they had a spinning room for that Convenient. and so they just used it for like a day and made this thing and it was pretty awesome so cool yeah. I think mine's got to be Dirty Dancing it's a good one. It's a it classic. is. I mean, that song Nobody comes puts on. Baby in a corner. Yeah, no one puts baby in the corner. No. It it 
the song came on the radio the other day, and I definitely had it blasting out my Jeep. And then people were looking at me. I was like, oh, that's loud. It's all right. Can't go wrong with that. The song, She's Like the Wind, of course. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Ah, hey, the top. That was what was blaring out. Have you ever seen that movie, Arliss? No, I haven't. So then the other thing, too, is it's got a really interesting story. Um, It's an indie darling because it was made by a no-name production company that broke records kind of thing. Um, So on Netflix, they have the movies that made us is a series they do where they do small documentary pieces on some of these movies. And so its its story is actually a really phenomenally interesting story. Um, and so that's one that I really like as far as the, like the whole indie scene. And then, uh, during COVID when we were doing like holding a classic for a whole week, mm-hmm. man, wine Wednesday that night for dirty dancing. Like I had people get up and leave because I had some raunchy ladies in there that were like, <laughs> you tell him baby. And like throwing stuff. Like it was <laughs> a thing. Sensor. And I've kind of been, like, I'm, I don't think we should ever do dirty dancing again. Ever or like at least not on a wine Wednesday because yeah. you could just tell they came loaded from somewhere. It's gonna be a dry night. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be yeah. Okay. And so it was quite a bit, but that's that's what I think of. Arliss, do you have an honorable mention? Yeah, uh, Black Swan, which is this time is about ballet, but for me, I love how they incorporate the cinematography for with the dancing because when while they're dancing the camera is moving around them and you get the chance just to see how they're moving their bodies and like how mm-hmm. had they had they incorporate like or how uh natalie portman had to do training for that ballet and She's lost impressive. so much weight and yeah, you can sure. just see it and mm-hmm. just like her back and her you can see her bones and just like yeah. how I don't know. It did make me do more research about ballet and like how crazy expensive their their point shoes were, mm-hmm. and then just how they even how much they pay for them. They still have to customize it mm-hmm. for it to fit their feet still, yep. and it's yep. just crazy that how that that's one section of dancing. I feel like you have to be really privileged to be Absolutely. able to keep Absolutely. up with. Yeah, and that movie is about the New York City Ballet, which is like mm-hmm. you know the world's leading, most elite ballet company. And yeah. so their use of cash flow, et cetera, is different than a lot of other ballet experiences. No, but okay. they really kind of set that bar for, like, yeah, the most elite, privileged people both participate in their dance but also get to attend, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everybody gets to watch. But she's amazing in that. It's definitely, like, if you read about dance films on the Internet, that is often number one in terms of, like, technically sound great choreography yeah excellent other dancers not just natalie mm-hmm. um yeah it's a good one mm-hmm. cool awesome and then this weekend we've got arc coming arc. to the babcock yep. come check friday, out friday saturday and 7 30 mm-hmm. and then we also have the red shoes which i know we've kind of talked about for a couple of weeks yeah. now but i even had a buddy that called and was like hey i might come to montana to come watch this on the big is screen. he coming He's not. Uh, no, only because he's coming from Star Wars Celebration in London. Otherwise, gotcha. he would. But, but yeah, that's my favorite movie from that decade is The Red Shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I need to watch it again, so I'll probably be there on Sunday watching it. Yeah, I think it. I will, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I first watched that because when I was a kid, my ballet teacher, Betty Los, who's well-known in this community mm-hmm. as a ballet instructor, would always talk about it being the best dance movie that, you know, at that time in the 90s, it might yeah. still be her opinion right. also yeah. had been made. And so I watched it as a kid for the first time 
like much too young to understand all of the right. dynamics happening in the sure. film. But she was why I watched it because she was like, "This is legit. This is great dance film. This is good." Yeah. So it will always live in my mind as like Betty's Keith number Daniel. one yeah. dance film, even if it's, it's not it's, true. It's, like you talked a lot about how like it really changed the way that dance was presented on film as opposed to just, you know, lock down wide shot and watch it. It's like they really, you know, incorporated cinematography along with the dance. And, and yeah, well. like with the amount of times I've seen Black Swan watching the red shoes, I'm like, there's literally cam- camera movements that yeah. Darren Aronofsky takes from Inspired the red shoes. From it? Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. On the big screen. No. Yeah. Yeah. To see. Interested in these shows and more? You can come check us out at arthousebillings.com is the best way. You can email us at podcast at arthousebillings.com. Yeah. Anything else, Brian? Did I miss anything? Oh, we've got lots of things coming up. So, yeah, keep your eye on the website. And, uh, again, like I said, hopefully in a couple weeks, a month, we'll have some announcements about Phase 2 as well. So, uh, yeah. Arliss, any other dance films? Uh, Climax from 2018, but that one is a very strong look it up. Look yeah. up the director before Not you for even everyone. try and watch it. So, yeah. You might trigger might warning. Need to, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. No. <laughs> might have to go to therapy after I was that. gonna <laughs> I was gonna ask if if the pirouette in the bathroom from Joker counts as a dance movie or not. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, so. it can. All right. Well, Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week, or at least Arliss and I will be back next week. And, uh, yeah, until then, enjoy the movies, and I'll talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.